Mino Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. And that doesn't mean that it's a no all the time. It just means that it's a delayed no until you say yes. And that part I learned from Tracy because, you know, I, as a salesperson, you take a no and then you wait sometimes and then you have to move on because you need those numbers right away and you don't have time to sit. Right now, this is our business. So we do have a little bit more time to sit and say, okay, it's no today, but it may be a yes tomorrow. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. As we continue our series, Ingredients for Success, in partnership with Famous Amos, I'm excited to have Tracy Vontel Green, co-founder and CEO of Vontel Eyewear, and Nancy Harris, co-founder and COO of Vontel Eyewear, on the show. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. All right, everyone. Vontel is a Black woman-owned, designed, and operated luxury eyewear company providing bespoke textiles and prints from the African diaspora on optical frames and sunglasses. Vontel offers sizes that complement diverse faces, fulfill prescriptions, and custom lens color tints, including blue light blocker lenses. Vontel is the first Black women-owned eyewear company to obtain a three-year licensing agreement with Nickelodeon Paramount to create a children's line. SpongeBob, Rugrats, and Baby Shark are all available now. In addition, Saks Fifth Avenue carries a curated collection online, and they've been featured in InStyle, Forbes, Essence, Today Show, Good Morning America, and many more. Vontel has partnered with WIN, Women in Need, a New York City organization with over 14 homeless shelters to provide free eye exams and prescription eyewear to men, women, and families in need. Plus, my own daughter, Tiara, is a proud customer and shopper of Bontel, as well as my husband. So we are a Bontel family. Oh my goodness. What a treat. Tracy and Nancy, welcome to Business of the Beat podcast. Thank you for having us, Kendra. I'm so excited about this because there are very few people who I meet in one state who I'm supposed to be connected to. And then I meet not just in another state, but halfway across the country, walking down the street. And it's like, oh my gosh, we were meant to be. I feel that way. <laughs> I feel like we're sisters, like we were separated and now we're back together. We were. So Nancy, we spent three days together at Indiana Black Expo. <laughs> my daughter went over to your booth. And the next thing I know, she came back with her glasses, which she wears all the time, which she wears at school. And the teacher was like, does she need? And I was like, no, she's like, she doesn't wear them all the time. She's sporadic. And I'm like, no, this is a vanity situation. But she came, spent time with you, managed her little money. 
And then my husband brought two glasses virtually, has said this is his best thing ever. And then, like I said, we ran into each other in Martha's Vineyard. So I'm so happy to have you both on the show. Nancy, it's an honor and a pleasure to get to now spend so much time with you guys. Thank you so much. So Let's jump into this because you both come from different backgrounds. We have finance, we have healthcare, we have big corporation. How did you two get together? We have been friends since college. We went to Morgan State University, HBCU. Hootie who? <laughs> so we have a longstanding friendship. And if you met in college, what has been the one thing that you've noticed has changed, Tracy, about Nancy? <laughs> I would say our bodies have changed. That's yes. the main thing. I think our personalities are still the same, but the bodies have changed. Yes. And you don't realize that you do evolve. Um, but when you meet someone in college, you meet them as who they are, right? There's no husbands. There's no big jobs, no big bank accounts. It's who you are. And Nancy's still the same person that she was that I met in college and she's still my really good best friend. Oh my gosh, Nancy. Okay. What was your thing? Yeah. I'd have to say the same thing. Um, (laughs) Tracy was always into finance without even realizing it back then. And I had to steer her in the right direction, but realistically she was always a saver and she's still that person, an investor. She's still that person, a good friend that will be there for you. She's still that person. So in addition to the whole bodies changing, it's definitely that we have been constant. Yes. You know, it's so interesting about the notion of constant friendships and like your lifelong friends. I always say, you know, people come into your life for a reason, a season, a lifetime. And it's so true. And we need different people at different stages. But when we can have these long-term relationships There's something about the grounding of no matter what happens, you can go back to that, but then you can evolve because even if you've known each other for so long, there's an evolution that happens. Life's change. New people come into their relationship. People leave. So you guys went from college friends having these careers to then starting a company. So whose idea was it? Who called who first? What happened? (laughs) So I lost a pair of expensive glasses. And I went all over the house looking for them. I went outside to the car. I was like, is it in the car? Is it in the street? Because I love these glasses. And then I went to look for a new pair of glasses. And I said to myself, these all look the same. And they really didn't fit well. Even the glasses that I love so much left indentations on my cheeks and a line across my nose. And I basically had a come to Jesus moment. And I just said, you know, the glasses look bad and they really don't fit you know, what's going on. And as you do with your friends, I get on the phone with Nancy, I call her and I start complaining. I lost my glasses and blah, 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 blah. And they really don't fit. And then Nancy goes, I lost my glasses too. I lost a pair of sunglasses. And before I know it, and I think, you know, you can have an idea and you can call someone, but you, and all of us have great ideas, but you need someone to execute on the ideas. And Nancy was the executor. She was just like, the follow-up call was, I think we can do this. And I'm like, what? Do what? And I forgot we had the conversation. <laughs> you were on to the next. <laughs> I moved on. I was I complained. I knew I had to get another pair, but she went and took it to the next level. And what you don't remember, and I do remember this so clearly, I didn't just make a call. I came over to drop something off and we were in my car and we started having a conversation. I was like, look at all these pictures of glasses 
that are out there and they look so bland. We need to bring the culture into the, into this wow. as well. So it was a matter of not just Tracy wanted fashion, style, and better fit. And I was like, and we can add culture to that because no one's doing anything that represents the culture with the kente and the ankara and the mud cloths. And I showed her pictures of people who had done similar ideas, but they didn't have function. So basically they were wrapping fabric over the glasses and melding it to it, but you couldn't put your actual prescription inside of the lenses. So they were lens-free glasses. So they were more fashion, but they weren't that function. And so I said, we got to do something that has fashion and function and bring the culture to that. And then the next thing, you know, we ended up in the vineyard. (laughs) We go, right? That's when I, I was going consistently. We went to the vineyard and I had drawn a whole bunch of logos. And she was like, what? (laughs) We're really going to do this. So she looks at the logos and one of them, she's like, this looks like a biker logo. Remember that? (laughs) Like, we will not do that. And then Nancy calls me like maybe another day after and was like, we're going to Paris. And I'm like, what do you mean we're going to Paris? We just came back from the vineyard. I can't take another vacation. I was a CFO at a hospital at the time. And she said, you're the boss. You can take another vacation. She said, this is the biggest expo and fashion week in Paris. And they, they, all they do is show eyewear. She's like, we got to go check it out. And I'm thinking she's crazy. I'm like, what? Like, we just talked about this. We were making jokes, but she was like, let's see if we can do this. And me being the friend that I am, I'm always like, let's see if we can do this. I mean, in college, she called you and told right, you. in college, Nancy was like, we're going to go here. I'm like, really? All right, I'll, let's go. I'll try it. I try anything once. So we go out to Paris and we are walking like four football fields of just eyewear. Fashion week, September and walking and walking through like three days. And literally by the second day, everybody knew who we were. They were like, hi, Nancy. Hi, Tracy. Because we were the only black women there. And that was our aha moment. It was kind of like the reason why glasses are too tight. They leave indentations. They hurt when you wear them, you know, all day because they're too small, too tight, and we're not represented. We're not making glasses for our face structures. Nice part of the conversation. So we met manufacturers there, and we started to interview people, and we're sitting here with you. I feel like it happened that fast. But you know what? So there's a few things here, and even whenever we started this, you said, like, we say yes. I say yes, right? And there's something so special when you have the dynamic duo of someone saying, here's my issue, here's my problem. Someone saying, let's solve it. And then taking that leap to go to Paris. And we talk so much from a skincare and cosmetics perspective that things were just not tested on us. We didn't have the shades, we didn't have this. And I love the translation into eyewear. Because you're exactly right. There is a different face structure. And before you all, my husband's like walking around the house with this like cream I got for him on the bridge of his nose. And I'm like, this just seems so crazy that in order to have proper eye health, because this translates into wellness, you have to be able to see the straining that happens when you can't. The other side of that is that then you have these indentations, right? And so I love the fact that you could go to the show and then you could figure out something so unique, but that's just one piece of it. So you leave the show, you're like, I'm getting manufacturing. You're still working full-time. Nancy, are you, are you working full-time at this point? I was working full-time at that point. I was actually consulting. So I was working a few days at that person's office and I was working from home. So this was right before the pandemic. Wow. 
So, so what happens? And that's what happened. But what that made us realize, that show, was that um, diversity of thought doesn't happen without diversity of representation. And that's why we decided to make classes to fit people with diverse features. Wow. Because it's not just all in a capsule. Yeah. It's not in a vacuum, right? It's multiple faces across the globe. Yeah. It's not just Black and Latino and Asian. It's so many other people who still have that problem. We've met a number of people who tell us that glasses don't fit them properly and they don't look like you and I, yeah. but they do have features that are still not considered your basic features, a narrow nose, a smaller bridge, you know, narrow face or a face that may not be, you know, wider, yeah. bigger, all those things we try to represent. And how does that come to life from a product development perspective? So, so that was the big piece, I think. Um, so living with, you know, my husband is like six something. My son is six, four. I mean, these big guys and my son had to wear glasses. That was part of, he couldn't find glasses that were long enough to go over his ear. He's just a big dude. So first me and Nancy started to say, all right, how do we deconstruct the glasses? Let's work on the temples. And, and we knew we had to work on the nose bridge because our noses are just ethnically just different. Um, and then I said, well, I always have indentations on my cheeks because of my cheekbones. So we got to focus on the cheekbones. So we work with our manufacturer who, like I said, we had to interview. And I think we started out with like maybe like six or seven and we had to whittle it down because they didn't believe us. I think they thought we were crazy because they looked like these two black women are not going to do an eyewear company. Wow. And then, you know, when we were saying we want patterns and stuff, they, that wiped out everyone, <laughs> right? So we got down to like the top two. And when we said, well, we want to make, the glasses wider. And the other guy was like, you can't make them wider. Yes, we have to, because these do not fit our noses. The one guy who was like, all right, I'll play with you guys. If you want to make this, because they're so used to making glasses have been made, yeah. been made for hundreds of years and they've been made the same way by every single person. Wow. There's one company that has a monopoly over all the brands. So you could buy all the name brands. It's really one company who makes company. them, but they make them all the same. There's a few companies who say they make extra large. That's supposed to be targeting us but it still doesn't fit because they only do one piece. So we deconstructed every facet of the eyewear. So we started with the bridge. We looked at the temple and we looked at the lenses so we can make sure you don't have indentation. And then we add the pattern. So we had to come out, like Nancy said, gangbusters being different because otherwise we look like everybody else's brand. So that and the colors and the pattern. So, and again, we started targeting African-Americans, Hispanic, that's who we are, right? right. Um, but once we started the eyewear business and we started to meet people by going out to pop-ups and stuff and you meet German and uh, Japanese and Hawaiian and all these Korean and Japanese and they're like, I have a hard time. And your glasses, one lady at a pop-up bought like three pair. She said, I never find glasses that fit. Yes. I'm buying all these right now because she was so happy that they fit her cheeks and everything. So that's when we realized we can't say it's only for African-Americans right. and Hispanics. It's for by diverse features. And then by deconstructing the glasses and really reconstructing them and making them over and having a great partner in our manufacturer who believed in us. That's how we got here. I think we would have gotten here if we didn't have someone to say, I'm really going to take you guys seriously because they really didn't take us seriously. I mean, they try to overcharge us. They try to say, this is what we're going to do. We can't do this. I'm like, you can do it. We want to change it. You have to change it. I love the fact that you held your guns. And I think that that also comes to the experience from a professional career and background, right? And knowing that you can, you will, and I'm going to find somebody who can do it. Because I think that's what you said. It's the execution piece. There's no shortage of ideas. It's how do we execute to our vision 
that's going to create something that has impact and has a differentiation point where people are going to stand up and say, I want to be part of it. So from that moment of you saying, you're going to do this, this is how we want to do it, to now, I mean, we're sitting here because you guys are the winners of the famous Amos Ingredients to Success grant competition. And you guys have been featured, I mean, Today Show, Good Morning America, InStyle, Essence, it goes on and on and on. So talk about that in between time. What happened in between to lead to the grants and the press and the exposure? So a little bit about Tracy and I, we are networking aficionados. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And so Tracy, like she said, she was a CFO of a hospital, but she didn't just work for one hospital. She had a network and she always kept in touch with everyone she ever worked with. Right. So she started at Bellevue and then she ended up at Maimonides. I'm just throwing those names out there. Um, She knew the people in between and she always went back to networking events that they had, she stayed in touch. I worked in sales and marketing for some really heavy hitters in the industry, and I always stayed in touch with them one way or the other. So between the two of us, when we decided to launch, in between, we went back to those individuals and we asked for support. We reached out and we're not afraid to ask. The worst that people can say is no. And that doesn't mean that it's a no all the time. It just means that it's a delayed no. Until you say yes. And that part I learned from Tracy because, you know, I, as a salesperson, you take a no and then you wait sometimes and then you have to move on because you need those numbers right away and you don't have time to sit. Right now, this is our business. So we do have a little bit more time to sit and say, okay, it's no today, but it may be a yes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So in between, we just waited out our time. We we have some great support systems as it relates to our PR company that we work with. But we're our own PR machine. Yes, you are. Realistically. I mean, people come to us and we go to people. And then our stories gain legs. We get stories that create an appetite to want more of us. And we realize that we're also the face of this business. So as much as Tracy and I sometimes need to fall back, <laughs> we always are thrown to the forefront of the business. So those are the things that... I would say have helped us. And we have, like I said, a good PR team that helps us with this whole machine. Yes. It, it keeps us going. So when we have downtime and no one's reaching out to us, they have people who are going out there on our behalf and getting us some great press, Forbes, you know, GMA, NBC, Yahoo News, MSNBC, you name it, they're out there and we're also doing the same. So we're no slouches. When yes. it comes to this, and we also know how to get out there. We have a great EPK. When people see it, they're yes. like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, you guys have done a lot. Uh, and so we take pride in, in our work. And that's the key. What has happened in between is that we have some damn good product. Like Tracy said, it's special. Yeah, I, I would just add that I think um, Steve was saying downstairs, Steve Canal, that you got to love the process. And I actually love the process, you know. We are on trajectory to make our first million dollars with yes. the business. And we've made some great relationships and some great partnerships and deals along the way. And again, it's because sometimes we are in the right room at the right time. We follow up. We, we do our emails. Uh, I remember being on a call and we wrote, we, I didn't even know how to use the Zoom where you copy the chat. Yeah. So I was writing down everyone's name and number on a piece of paper. And then I went back. I was like, Nancy, we got to email everybody on this call. So we literally grassroots, like we start yeah. from the beginning and we, we email people, we call people. I remember February uh, is, as you know, is Black History Month. And 
every business wants to give back then. And I reached out to the skim. So there's these two white women who have a great email marketing. And I said, hey, do you guys do anything for BIPOC? We have no money. We're a new business. The lady emailed me back and said, we will feature you. That one feature got us yes. over 15,000 hits to our website. Wow. I just ask. I ask for everything I want. So one thing I've learned, and, and again, probably because of my job prior and my experiences, ask for what you want. So I tell women all the time, and we've been doing panels and we do speaking engagements, ask for what you want. And a lot of times women don't know what they want. And that's an issue as well. You have to know what you want, where you want to get your business to the next level. But when you know that, then you ask. And we have asked everyone for everything. And we have been lucky enough to get into these rooms and to get our business to the next level. So I would say in that middle piece, which is what we're still doing, we're still, I still feel like we're in the middle piece. Yes. We're still in the middle. Um, just keep asking and keep showing up and keep saying yes. And, and that really helps. Do you, and I, I have to throw this in, you know, again, we have been brought together for this series for Famous Amos. And one of the key things that we've been talking about is the ingredient for success. And so as you're talking, I'm like that ask piece as entrepreneurs, we generally have such a hard time asking for help or even once we feel like we want to ask for help, what are we asking for that we truly need? right? And that counterbalance. So Nancy, what would you say has been your ingredient for success? So many things that are involved, but it's definitely the being fearless. That's one of the key things. Um, Asking, learning, because we join a lot of organizations and that networking piece is very key. You know, I was part of the Tory Burch Foundation and they recently gave us the opportunity to be in the room one-on-one with a VC person and with a major retailer. And so we're still working through to get into that major retailer. Uh, So the key is just having a roadmap, which is something that Tracy and I set out with from the very early onset was having that business plan. And And the thing is, we don't follow it in order, but the key is to have it so that if you go off track, you can say, oh, we need to do this. We need to go back and do that. We take copious notes. And that's so important so that when somebody tells you that they failed in this area, ask every question as to what they did and what they would have done differently. And then try to figure out in your own business how those things can work to manifest success in your business. Mm -hmm. Because everything is not for everybody. If If your business is not similar to mine, that may not be the road that we need to take. There may be some things that you do have to say no to. We don't do that often, but there have to be sometimes you just have to say it's too much for us to take on. And we've had situations like that where maybe a year ago, somebody came to us with a great opportunity, but we knew that that would, would have sunk us. Yeah. We just could, we were not ready for the demand of what that we're would have. We're calling them now. Right. So <laughs> now, it, it's and it goes back different. to your roadmap. And it goes back to the roadmap yeah. because those are the things that we had on the roadmap, but it happened too early. Yeah. And it's okay to say no at that point, because there would have been some pitfalls that we just would not have been ready for. Well, and I always think, I remember uh, we were buying a house that I really wanted. And then someone came in with this crazy cash offer and I was like, what? And I literally opened my phone and my Bible verse was sometimes God gives you a no or not yet to protect you from danger seen or unseen. Mm -hmm. And so in business, the foundation of having that roadmap and saying, this is what we want to do. Let's figure out the timing for it all so that it doesn't, 
become a detriment to our business and having the wherewithal to be able to say maybe no, not now, but that doesn't mean it's a no forever. Exactly. And the other thing is having a partnership that works. I believe that because we have this friendship of several decades, (laughs) that we can almost know what the other is going to think. And we don't always agree. Goodness gracious. We, but at the same, at the end of the day, we come to a conclusion together because what we do is we put all of those pros and cons together. And then we say, you know what, this is not going to work at the end of the day. I may want to do it because I'm so passionate, but it's just not right. My passion doesn't drive why we should do that. And I say to her money, Nancy, <laughs> money. She has great ideas. I say money. I'm, I'm the one who raised the money. No, we can't do that. So you always need that person. I think you need a yin and a yang. Yeah. And we fight like sisters and we're sisters and, but we all, we respect each other and we always come back to like, Hey, what, why did you say that you were feeling this way? Like what? So let me understand. Like yeah. sometimes I don't see what she's thinking and I want to understand more. So we got to talk it through. So you got to really yeah. understand there's a reason why she's saying something. So I want to understand her point of view. Well, and that's the respect piece, yeah. right? Cause that's where it gets lost when we don't value the other person. We may not agree, but it's the respect to listen And I want to ask you as we close up, you know, you are creating something that is so important and special and you're taking the intentionality of what was missing into your point of market that is dominated by one leader, right? And you've stepped out and you're truly changing the eyewear industry and it hasn't been innovated in a long time. So from when you launched into now, and I'll ask both of you jointly, what's been your defining moment? And building the business to this point? I think we have a lot of defining moments. And I celebrate every win, even a small email that says, you know, a a customer saying, I love these. Oh my God, they fit. That's a win to me. And that's a defining moment because that means we're on the right path. But we have been so lucky. I think, you know, we've been in this business four years now, um, almost five. And, you know, we got a Nickelodeon partnership immediately. And that brought us into the kids' space. We're in Saks Fifth Avenue. I mean, you could buy our glasses and sacks with that. That's amazing. Uh, we are, you know, we're selling on Amazon. We just going to start working with Walmart for the kids. Uh, we're looking at Bloomingdale's and some other places. So it's very tough because the big brands own a lot of the space. We cannot do Target. We cannot do Macy's. They own exclusively that eyewear space. So when you realize this is the reason why um, the smaller brands and, 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 you know, Black businesses fail because we don't have enough money to buy the spaces and have exclusive relationships. So that led me and Nancy on to, you know, more ideas and say, hey, why can't we become like them? Why can't we pull all the black eyewear brands together and become a house of whatever? Right. And then or more independent brands so we can come together so we can buy that space as well. So that's what we're looking for in the future, not only to have um, Bontel, but like we have some licensing agreements. We're working with some celebrities that's coming up. You know, look good, forward to some funky glasses coming up with the flip up. We're working yes. with a nice celebrity. Uh, we've done some collabos with um, some boutiques in Harlem Haberdashery, um, Arlen Hamilton. We've done some glasses for her, the Erling Sims collection. Um, a little girl, which your daughter fell yes. in love with the glasses. She's an author, eight years old. Um, and we're doing her glasses, Nivea's magic glasses. So we're adding people and adding relationships to our portfolio. And as we build that portfolio, now we're talking to other black brands who are brand new. And we're like, hey, me being the business person that I am, I'm like, we can grow this to be that we house all these brands and then we can have 
better negotiating power. Yes. So I think one of the ingredients to success that entrepreneurs have to heed is pivoting and adjusting. I know you have one idea. And of course we had one idea. We just wanted to make glasses. And then halfway through making glasses, we realized we had to add prescriptions because we gave my mother a free pair. She paid $500 for the prescription. That's so expensive for prescriptions, right? And the community can't afford that. So then we started to add prescriptions. Then we had a pandemic. So then we made masks in the same patterns that are as glasses and sold them together. It was a hit. So by selling hashtag full face fashion, that was our hashtag. More people came to our site because they got the glasses and the masks to match. So we kept pivoting. Now we're like, okay, now we're going to do licensing. Now we're going to do private label. Now we're going to actually house other brands. So we realized that you got to keep, as you said in your presentation, you got to change. You can't stay stagnant. So I think that's one of our ingredients that we realize that you have to keep growing. You got to keep pivoting because otherwise you'll be wiped out. And that's basically what's getting us to the next level because if we don't, well, I, Tracy and Nancy, this has just been so great. Thank you for creating something so special. Thank you for sharing on the show, your ingredient for success. And I can't wait for all that's to come. And I'll be talking to you about my daughter. So <laughs> she's our new model. Yes. Thank you both. Thank no you. Problem. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guests, Tracy and Nancy. And that is how will you network your way to success. Both Tracy and Nancy said that they'll try anything once and that they are networking aficionados. We can see that it's led to a lot of success and growth for their brand. So I ask you, how will you find the opportunities, the connections to network your way to success? And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode and we love to hear from you. Make sure you tune in next week for the last episode in our Ingredients for Success Famous Amos series. Until then. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast, and on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a Mean Old Line Media production.